Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. TGIF, thank God it's Friday. My God, we've been a tough week all around, and uh, in the studio with us, at least we got one Republican. We have uh, our first deputy mayor of uh, Rudy Giuliani. We have... Uh, <laughs> Rudy Washington, Hello. two Rudys. Yeah, Rudy Squared. And then we're going to have Rudy Giuliani on. Gonna the other Rudy on right. at uh, 545 today because he is mad as hell at what the hell is going on. Yeah, about all the Hunter Biden all stuff. All Rudys. Oh, by the way, Hunter was deposed. Right? Hunter was deposed. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. All right, guys. Happy birthday, dear Rudy Washington. That's Happy no birthday, birthday to I thought your birthday was on February 19th. No, that's my <laughs> great, 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 grandfather. By the way, he's legal. You look great for being legal finally. And, really. and we have uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. The judge is taking you off Monday and Tuesday, so we want to say not Is that legal? Is, is that, that legal? legal? <laughs> I have to ask the chairman. <laughs> All right. And, and by the way, the other big thing before we got <coughs> Alan Joshua standing by. Yeah, big. And I'm going to ask him for his comment on it. I understand what happened today was we found out that the material used to build that Titan submarine. Yep, that's the uh, the Ocean Gate one, the private the, one, right? Yeah, the one that yep. blew up yep. uh, down ten thousand feet uh, was rejected material from Boeing that they bought cheap. To make that submarine. Wow. So in other words, it was we it was subpar material. They bought it for cheap and then they use it to go down uh you know, two yeah. and a half miles down. Oh my god, uh, John. Yesterday and today, big items at the Supreme Court. And who is better to tell us what the heck is going on than then Alan Dershowitz, Professor Alan Dershowitz, with his great new book called Get Trump. Uh, Professor they're Dershowitz. Getting, they're, they're getting Trump. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, by the way, before we get to the student loan, let's talk about how they are getting Trump that John just brought up. This is amazing, Professor Dershowitz, because there's also some news today that the Department of Justice is preparing to seek indictments, more indictments on the classified documents. Uh, can you believe it's like as if they didn't do enough to get Trump like your book? <laughs> Well, I'm not surprised when you assign somebody to get somebody else. And that's what special counsel, special prosecutors are. You know, they should have simply said, look, there's been a problem. Former officials have been taking stuff home with them. It started years ago. It involves Democrats, Republicans alike. We have a special counsel. We're going to appoint you to look at the problem of classified material. Is it overclassified? Are the rules clear? No, they didn't do that. They said, there's only one person we want you to get. We want you to get Trump. We want you to get him on classified material. If you can't get him on classified material, get him on the January 6th. If you can't get him on January 6th, get him on uh, what happened in, in, in Atlanta, Georgia. If you can't get him on that, 
well, maybe the state district attorney in New York will get him on some failure to disclose in a public forum hush money that was paid to allegedly cover up an adulterous affair. But we'll get him one way or another. We'll get him. And I entitled my book, Get Trump, not because I'm so original or creative. That was the campaign on which Letitia James and on which Alvin Bragg ran for office. Get Trump. And they're trying to get him by any means possible. Let the Constitution be damned. Yeah, John, this is insane. And Judge, I mean, the fact they're talking about maybe 30 to 45 additional charges, Judge Weinberg. Come on. And Alan, what's what's really troubling to me is they're not satisfied with the judge down in Florida. So looking to bring it in different jurisdictions that they think it would be more friendly. For example, New York, New Jersey, District of Columbia. What do you think? They're venue shopping. shopping. That's, That's judge shopping. It's unethical. It's wrong. They got a very good judge in in Florida. She made the right decision early on about having a special master appointed to go through lawyer-client privilege material. The Justice Department shouldn't be doing that. Yes, she was reversed, but she was right, and the Court of Appeals was wrong, and they should not be trying to get rid of her. She seems very clear and objective, and and, uh, if they search for a judge that they think will be part of the Get Trump campaign, It'll just delegitimate the whole inquiry even further. Uh, Alan, Alan Dershowitz. Why are they afraid of a good judge? Yes. Alan Dershowitz, you know, I'm middle of the road guy like you. You know, I have my yeah. Democratic friends. I have my Republican friends. Right. But, but I think the Democrats have the, have the point for 2024. You ready for this? Uh-oh. We wanted, we wanted to give you every 26 million students $10,000 each, and the Republicans, the Supreme Court refused to, but you put us in office in 2024, we will give you the 10000 That sounds like a Huey Long promise. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Joshua, is that going to be the, uh, the big uh, the pitch for uh, election for 2024? It could be, but it's a lie. It's not the Supreme Court. Oh, they don't care. <laughs> don't let that get in the way. It's yeah, yeah. Congress who denied it. If Congress had said explicitly that the president has the authority to hold back on the loans under all circumstances, there wouldn't have been a debate. This, this decision of the Supreme Court is not about loans. It's about whether Congress has to be clear when it delegates its constitutional authority, remember Article One of the Constitution says all revenue bills, all revenue bills have to originate in the House and they have to be confirmed by the Senate. The Senate wasn't clear. The House wasn't clear. And that's why the Supreme Court reversed this. So don't blame it on the. But the, they're going to use it yeah, to John's point. <laughs> when, when you're a student, when you're 20 years old, 30 years old, you owe $10,000. You hear what you want to hear. You, you want you hear that you, oh you vote for us and we'll and we'll forgive the money guaranteed. Yeah, but there's there's a larger issue here, Alan. I'm very troubled by it. And you clerked on the Supreme Court of the United States. You you appreciate yeah. this. It seems to me that you have a sector of the political community has declared war one on the Supreme Court as an institution, and number two with trumped up charges on alleged conflicts by sitting Supreme Court justices. What do you say about that? Look, I I agree. I think that um, people fail to understand that the Supreme Court is essentially making institutional decisions, not decisions based on a particular case, but institutional decisions. Who has the power? Congress or the president? Sometimes the Congress is going to be Republican. Sometimes it's going to be Democrat. The same thing is true with the other cases, affirmative action and the uh, gay 
case involving uh, uh, um, marriage. Uh, these are institutional decisions, and and the idea that you know people think that they're based purely on political. Let me give you the best example: the example of uh, race-based affirmative action. What the Supreme Court did in a six-to-three decision was the liberal thing. It's what William Douglas, the most liberal justice in history, called for 50 years ago. What I called for, a pretty liberal guy, 50 years ago, I said, get race out of college admissions. Let's focus on poverty. Let's focus on disability, on individual factors. That's a liberal decision, not a conservative decision. It's Martin Luther King, who I heard, I was there when he made his famous statement, I have a dream that someday my children will be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And that's what the Supreme Court said. And I applaud it 100 percent. Right. But but to John's point, clearly they're spinning. You know, the irony, too, and you know this all too well, uh, Professor Dershowitz, in the decision, just even on the student loan, they were basically quoting, uh, you know, the side that, of course, was saying this should be struck down. They were quoting the president himself and Nancy Pelosi, because they're both on tape in previous circumstances. What a surprise, John. Hypocrisy saying that, you know, there's no grounds for, for forgiving the loan. You can't but do it. That's I know, all. So, I know. so it's purely unconstitutional. They realize that. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but you're a lawyer. The I, average person in the street doesn't give a damn. Yeah, they you're don't care. Right. Exactly. That's, to John's point, they don't weapon, care. They're, we- they're weaponizing decisions they don't like. From an independent branch of government for a political Both purpose. Us, we're going to give you ten thousand dollars. Yeah, and you uh, know what they're doing? They're also putting it out saying Rudy the MAGA Washington. court, the MAGA uh-huh. court. You see well, the line already. Uh, and they professor? also want to pack the court. They want to pack the court. Right. But fortunately, President Biden has been against it because he knows that if they try to pack the court, the American people won't approve of it any more than they did when Franklin Delano no, FDR tried, tried to right. pack the court back in the nineteen thirties. So. You know, the radicals, the extremists, the Cory Books, uh, Bushes, the, you know, those people, they want to pack the court. Professor. A lot of Democrats who will go along with them, but I hope it doesn't work. Professor, now I'm going to give you the political answer. Uh, Sure. Get Trump. And that is that more and more charges will come. Uh, These people are desperate. They have to be. We all know Trump's personality. So if Trump gets back in office, he was a neophyte the first time. But he knows now the second time and a lot of people will wind up going to jail and losing their job behind that whole deep state argument that he makes. And and what we see happening to the Constitution now, uh, charges will be brought against a lot of people. So you're going to see a lot of desperate acts over the next year or so uh, to well, get from no, you're no right. question we live in a tit-for-tat time yeah they're trying you know uh, congressman Bro- woman robart wants to impeach trump uh, uh, biden on exactly the grounds that i argued you couldn't impeach trump uh, and she voted for that and others voted for that saying it has to be a crime treason bribery other crimes and misdemeanors now there are some republicans only some who want to impeach biden now maybe there are grounds but not Abuse of power or uh, dereliction of duty, those are not constitutionally permissible grounds. So there's a lot of hypocrisy on all sides. Now, Professor, I was I had dinner with a friend of mine a couple of days ago, and he says there was no way I was going to support Trump. But, no. but, but, but he's the only guy that's tough enough to stand up against the, uh, the, the swamp in uh, Washington. That's yeah. what he said to me. By the way, I know a number. I know a number of people said that. He's going to go after it. 
Oh yeah, yeah. And, but and you, have, you, you you have to be on the inside looking out to be, to be able to go after anybody. Yeah, and by the way, let's take a right perspective here, correct perspective. It's not good to weaponize governmental institutions, the prosecutorial function, the judicial function against your political enemies. Not when the Democrats well, do it, not when the Republicans yeah, no, do it. Right. No one should do it. And the other thing that was interesting, when yeah. we had – who do we have on uh, uh, that, that said to us that when I asked them, does Christopher Ray, the FBI director, know what's going on and why doesn't he stand up? He said it might not be Christopher Ray. It might be the people it around Chairman, him. It was, it was Chairman Comer. Comer. That's what Com- I thought. James Chairman Comer, Comer. Comer yep. said that. Chairman Comer. Yep. When he's and here in somebody the else I talked to verified that. Now, but somebody, there's got to be somebody that's honest in the Department of Justice, somebody that's honest in, in the FBI that's going to stand up Pat, and say enough is Pat, enough. I don't, I don't buy any of that. Merrick Garland knows what's going on, and so does Christopher Ray. I just like we're sitting here and we see what's going on. They know what's going on. Yeah, you can't plead ignorance. You, no, you I can't, mean, you're either no. incompetent or you're oh, lying. Exactly, Which one? Exactly. You know? I mean, give me a choice, right, Judge? Right. So, so Alan, where do yeah. we go from here? If we're trying to have a common sense approach, we're trying to bring the country together. You have these decisions that are merit-based by the Supreme Court. It's being politicized by the White House as we speak. Where do we go and how do we handle that to bring us back to a common sense center? Well, it's going to be very hard because colleges and universities are going to try to circumvent the Supreme Court decision. Remember, colleges and universities have racial quotas. They don't call them racial quotas, but they're quotas. They have floors. If you go below 10 percent for African-Americans, you'll have demonstrations. If you go above 20 percent for Asian-Americans, you'll have demonstrations. So there are floors and ceilings. They're quotas. And the courts have said, no, you can't do that. But the universities, the president of Harvard made a statement right after the decision came down. And she said, look, we're going to still kind of do what we have to do to create diversity. She was basically saying, we'll do what we can to comply with the Supreme Court's decision, but we're going to try our best not to change what we're doing now. But the Supreme Court has said, you have to change what you're doing now. And so there's going to be a big, big series of cases that come up. Yeah. Challenging. Yes. There's going to be a lot of challenges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Professor Dershowitz, thank you. Happy, uh, thank you. Uh, happy Fourth. Uh, happy Fourth of July, 247th, uh, birthday of our nation. I hope we make it to 250 and 275. Yeah, really. Wow. We will. And 2300. We, we will. It's a great country. We love it. And happy July 4th. Yeah, happy Fourth. God bless you. Thank you, uh, Professor. Let's take a break, and when we come back, Rita, who do we have? We have conservative commentator DeRoy Murdoch talking about affirmative action and the politics that, just like you were talking about, John, uh, yeah. that the Democrats are going to use and against the GOP. And at 545, Rudy Giuliani, he is mad as hell at some of the stuff that came out the last hour. Let's, let's take the break. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Common Sense Recap of the Day's Biggest Stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. 
TGIF. We're back. <laughs> Read up, bring it back. Yeah, what a week it has been. And talk about, of course, all the huge decisions by the Supreme Court. Some in the last few hours. And joining us now is conservative commentator Jeroy Murdoch. You see him all the time on Fox. Fox News contributor, also writes for The Post and also National Review Online. Uh, DeRoy, we were just talking about the politics of these decisions, the student loan, the affirmative action. Already, you can see the Democrats coming out and basically saying it's a MAGA court. Uh, Biden yesterday said it's, quote, not a normal court. He was asked about that. And is he a normal president, by the way, Rita? Uh, I don't know. He was walking off the set. I don't think he's doing anything normal these days. But, uh, but to Roy, clearly they're positioning themselves to say, okay, look, we wanted to give you this. The Republicans said no. We wanted to give you, uh, the, you know, student loan forgiveness. Republicans said no. Uh, where do you see it going? Well, uh, great to be with you guys. Nice to talk to you. Uh, I think what you're going to see is the usual thing. The uh, uh, Biden will figure out some way to blame Donald J. Trump for this. Uh, he'll blame Republicans. And, uh, you know, I think what we ought to say is even if you like the student loan bailout, you like the idea of people being able to borrow money and not pay it back, as I did when I paid back my student loans, wondering if I'm going to get a refund on all that, all those payments. Uh, you know, the way to do this is you go to Congress and you say, look, I have a great idea, which is we want to do a student loan bailout program. Would you please vote for this? And even with the Republican, even with this current uh, uh, incarnation of Congress, if he said to uh, Kevin McCarthy, look, you give me the student loan bailout plan and I will go along with making the Trump tax cuts permanent, you might even be able to get a legitimate or get a bipartisan uh, decision to go along with that. Maybe it's a long shot, but it's at least worth talking about. But that's how you do things, do these things. And for a guy who spent so much time on Capitol Hill, it's really quite ironic to see uh, President Biden forget uh, what Senator Biden did was actually vote on legislation. I mean, he's completely dissing the uh, the uh, branch of government in which he spent, what is it, 48 years or something? Yeah, and Roy, it's worse, too, because, you know, uh, they even said that in their decision. Basically, President Biden, then Senator Biden, and also Nancy Pelosi uh, are basically the best argument for why there shouldn't be the loan forgiveness, you know, that it was an overreach by the executive branch. They even said it. I mean, that's the irony. And you could see already, you hit it on the head. They're going to start blaming Trump because they're going to say it was a MAGA court. It was, you know, he made, he got a lot of the justices there. Uh, and look what he did. Look what happens. Yeah, that's true. Now, now, what does, I think, play to the Republican Party's uh, and Republican candidates' benefit is I think 62% of the American people uh, don't like the idea of lending people money for college and then being told, oh, you don't have to pay it back. And by the way, if we're going to do a student loan forgiveness, how about home mortgage forgiveness? How about car loan forgiveness? How about credit card debt forgiveness? I think there are a lot of people that love to be able to tell Visa and MasterCard, okay, well, you know, Joe Biden said I don't have to pay my uh, monthly credit card bill, so I'm going to keep my money. Thanks. Good luck. Uh, I don't think it works that way. So why is it we only have it for student loan debt, not these other kinds of debt, which we've got floating around in the economy? Uh, DeRoy, it's, uh, it's Richard Weinberg. I want to raise a, a different decision with you. And that's the, uh, the affirmative action decision. They're playing that, too, as, you know, it's, it's MAGA. It's a bad court. The court's not being, being fair. They're setting back uh, racial rights and civil rights. What do you say about that? Yeah, uh, this is uh, what he said. Uh, the question was, uh, is this a rogue court? And Biden's answer was, this is not a normal court. Now, unless I'm mistaken, and uh, Justices uh, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch and Amy Coney Barrett broke in to the Supreme Court and just, you know, got on the computers and started you know, typing in their decisions. Uh, I don't think that's how it works. I think that they were nominated by President Trump. They were confirmed by the Senate and they are put their black robes on and they decide what they think is or is not constitutional. So they're perfectly normal. You may disagree with their decisions, but I don't think there's anything abnormal about 
the way they handled this. They handled it the same way the other other justices did. Um, as for the merits of the case, I think this is a great decision. Uh, I do not understand the idea that the way to fight racial discrimination is to continue racial discrimination. And at some point, we've got to say, okay, uh, slavery ended in 1865, uh, uh, segregation ended in 1964. We're talking about what is that uh, uh, coming up on 60 years now, 59 years at this point. You know, at some point, can we say, okay, we've gotten past this, this stuff. We can expect people. We expect people to be judged on their merits, on what they know, on their performances. I would say also this is uh, this is a if anything a massive shot in the arm or should be a massive shot in the arm for school choice, school reform, educational excellence. If uh, we're now in a situation where minority kids are not going to be able to say, well, I'll get in based on how I look, but instead what's between my ears, well, then we damn well better make sure that kids get a school able to fill out applications, take uh, SATs and other tests, and compete just like everybody else to try to get into whether uh, whether it's a state school or private school, whatever school you want to go to. Uh, you know, look at a place like Chicago, which is just unbelievable. They've got uh, some amazing figures that came out uh, just recently. Uh, in 2017, they spent about $15,000 per student, and that went up uh, in 2022 to about 19000 2023, 29000 per student. It's almost double. And then at the same time that the spending almost doubled, you saw black student SAT reading proficiency go from 18% in 2017 to 10% in 2023. So you saw the spending almost double and the reading performance almost fall in half. And Delroy, uh, Baltimore... It's uh, really, really disgusting. Baltimore is almost the same way. Uh, Baltimore is that way. Uh, a lot of lot of places are. Uh, and it's not, not just Chicago. Baltimore is like that. We have, uh, uh, I think, 75% of the kids in in uh, New York City are completely uh, not not proficient in certain areas. You see this almost every one of these big cities run by Democrats, Democrat mayor, Democrat school board, Democrat city council, and the kids aren't learning. The schools are a mess. You spend a ton of money and you get terrible results. And these are not run by you know, evil fair. racist Republicans. These are run by Democrats, very often black it's Democrats. It's not fair to these fair kids. It's, it's not fair terrible. to these kids. And, and that should be the part of 2024, not, you know, who shot who. Absolutely right. Uh, uh, D-Roy, have a great 4th of July weekend, and thank you for coming on. You bet. Great to talk to you guys. Have thank a great you. Weekend. Thank you, D-Roy. And we got some breaking news now from the EPA. Breaking news, WABC. With us today is First Deputy Commissioner in Air Quality. Uh, we have Christina Farrell. And uh, uh, C- Commissioner Farrell, is the phone coming? Are we, uh, is it coming down from Canada again, and how bad would the effects be? Um, yeah, thank you for having me on. So we have, over the last couple of days in New York City and really across New York State, we have seen some more impacts from the wildfires up in Canada. Um, as I think everyone can tell, this week has not been anywhere as um, bad as it was a few weeks ago, uh, but it's still something that we want people to take notice of and take any actions. Um, we have been, for today, we've been um, kind of back and forth in two different categories of air quality index. Um, 101 to 150 is unhealthy for sensitive groups, and then if you get above 150, below 200, it is unhealthy in general. Um, you know, what that really means is people should limit their time outside. Um, so activities you might do outside, especially since it's the end of June, you might want to move inside. Um, also, especially 
specifically for people very young, um, older, people with respiratory illness, um, you know, or anyone who is concerned, uh, it is not a bad idea to put on a high-quality mask like a KN95 when you are outside. Uh, you, if you um, are following in New York City, you can sign up for Notify NYC, which is the city's free emergency preparedness information. Um, you can go to nyc.gov slash notify NYC, call 311, or follow us on Twitter, and that gives you information on a lot of different incidents in the city, including when we have these air quality advisories. You can also stop by a police precinct, any firehouse, um, or other locations, some MTA stations, and pick up um, some masks for you and your loved ones to stay safe. Is there any particular areas that are worse? Is it Long Island, or is it uh, uh, parts of uh, New York City? Or, uh, what are you, any particular areas that are worse? Uh, it's been fluctuating. Um, it really depends on, you know, this is something that um, changes, you know, over time, and it, it can be a little worse um, depending on, you know, as the winds are coming through. If people want to check out the air quality where they are specifically, they can go to airnow.gov, which is a site that's run by the federal EPA, and that will give them that air quality index number. But as a whole, within New York City, the um, the air quality index has been fluctuating between 100 and 200. It's been certainly worse upstate. Um, you know, we're not as focused on Long Island, but I think Long Island uh, weather has been similar, the air quality index, to what we're seeing here. Um, but again, it's in, you know, it's, it's, we got way above 400 a couple weeks ago. We're not in that category now. We don't see anything that thinks that we're going to get above 200, which is when it really starts to get a little more sensitive for people. Um, and over the next couple of days, we should be seeing it gradually improve. That's great to hear. And um, Deputy Commissioner, this is Rita Cosby. You know, as you were talking about sort of the numbers and comparing them all, where do you think like the next few weeks, next few months? I mean, it's not even really technically sort of the beginning of fire season in Canada. Uh, well, fire can, I mean, with climate change, with other things coming, I think that fire season, just like hurricane season and, and heat season, um, is unfortunately moving up. I, I know that this is a very early season up there. Um, so, I mean, this is something that, unfortunately, is probably here to stay. And so people are, you know, um, just like we get familiar with other, you know, we learn how to live with COVID in our life and we learn how to live with other um, hazards. This is something that, um, you know, our, our friends out on the West Coast have obviously dealt with this for a long time. It's really new to most of the country and definitely to New York City residents. Um, so it's something that, you know, the city is on top of emergency management, the mayor's office, health department, we're all working together on this. But, um, you know, it's, just something that will most likely continue to happen, and um, people will have to decide how they want to adjust their schedule. I've talked to some of the people in Canada, and there's some arson involved, but we're trying to get people from Canada uh, on the uh, radio with us to find out exactly what's going on. But I want to thank you, Commissioner, for your report, and, and we'll catch up again real soon. Thank you. Thank you. Stay safe. Thank you. Well, what? we're back, Rita. And, we are back. Uh, By the way, it's not just air quality, John. Have you seen there's a swarm of tiny winged insects 
that are taking over New York City. They're under the attack? Yeah, they're under What did you call it? The foom? What did you the call it? The foom. The foom. So these are the, the wing fooms. The live in Switzerland, and the foom was coming down the mountains. Oh, my. Well, well I, we saw a little bit all over the place. Didn't I see that movie in the 1950s, the Universal Science Fiction movie? I saw that the movie. The Universal. Yeah, we've Let's seen a whole a bunch break of them. We're coming back. We've got Ryan Payne on the economy, and what a mess travel Tell us is. what a pain the economy is in. <laughs> You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. We're back. Now, Ryan Payne's with us, one of uh, our economists and uh, and talk show hosts uh, on the economy every Saturday at 2 o'clock. Uh, Ryan, 40,000 cancellations on on airplane flights uh, the last few days? Yeah, or delays. canceled or and delays. Or delays. Yeah. Cancellations or delays. That's what a lot do you hear about that? Well, I think it's going to just put way more pressure uh, on an airline system that's just got people traveling in droves this summer. Um, you have like 2.5 million people going through TSA lines every day. So um, Delta came out their earnings this last week. Wait, wait, wait. Tell them if they, if they want to travel, they can go through the Mexican border. <laughs> very quick. It's very. There's no delay there. <laughs> in fact, government officials will help you. Yeah, They'll exactly. push you right through. <laughs> government Expedite officials, him. instead of searching you at well, the airport, uh, 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 instead of searching you, they'll, they'll help you across the border. They'll drive you to the hotel of your choice. It's expedited. It's the uh, well, the frequent traveler line. And they'll give you a free phone? Yeah, they'll give you a free phone, free food, free hotel. That's a good deal. <laughs> no, what do you hear about the airline? Seriously. Um, no, I, I think the bottom line is that they're under a lot of stress already just because, again, you have so many people traveling this summer, um, which I think was one of the reasons why the economy is still driving in the right direction is people have gone from you know, buying Pelotons to going on planes. So, you know, a lot of flights have been canceled. There's already a lot of stress because the holiday weekend and Americans this summer are traveling in droves, which is huge, uh, I would say, for the U.S. economy and just says that people have money to spend. I think it's a good sign. By the way, you know, I just want to tell a funny story briefly. I, I was watching earlier. This guy is the uh, world's most frequent flyer, John. And um, he's from New Jersey. And he bought a frequent flyer pass in, on United. It was back in 1990. He's uh, flown 23 million miles. Um, wow. and, and his advice is to be nice to the flight attendants. That was his tip. <laughs> but Ryan, Richard Weinberg, let me ask you this question. If this continues having these delays and the cancellations, what's the impact on the economy nationwide? Um, I mean, I don't think it's, it's enough to move the ocean, Richard. I mean, obviously, it's an inconvenience, um, you know, that obviously when you have flights canceled like this, and, and obviously we're paying a lot more for flights now because what are the airlines doing? They've cut the amount of flights that they're actually providing, and they're just jacking up the prices on flights that are available. In fact, I had a friend today that's going to Texas this week, and he waited last minute. With all these delays, it went from a $500 flight to a $1,500 flight. So, you know, I think the airlines are sadly doing well at, at our, uh, you know, unfortunately on, on the back of the American consumer. But I think the overall trend here is it's very good that people are actually flying. People are getting out. They're doing things. And I think that's why you saw, you know, you saw the first uh, quarter of the year, they upped the amount of growth the U.S. economy had. So I think that's been a big surprise. But I like the fact that people are out there, you know, living life. But if the system's not, but my problem is the system's not working. If they're canceling flights and delaying flights, isn't that going to have a chilling effect on people's willingness to fly? And doesn't that have an impact on the economy? 
it, it definitely could. It definitely could. I, I think, you know, you get a good point there. And I think a lot of the systems, if you go into the airline, are just completely archaic at this point. I mean, you have to get some upgrades because, you know, look, if you've ever been JFK or through LaGuardia, it's, it's a complete disaster. Uh, Ryan, this is Rudy Washington. Could you tell us something very quickly about FedNow um, and, and the digital dollar that everybody is talking about? Um, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of hype around it, but let, let's face it. I mean, dollars are pretty much digital already. You know, if you think about it, we move money electronically all day long. And I think that's one of the big misconceptions about cryptocurrency and moving money into cryptocurrency is, you know, we already have a digital currency. <laughs> you know, and I think it's very, you know, it's very obvious that we actually move money electronically now. So I don't know if that's a big game changer, um, but I think it also speaks to the fact that do, do we really need some of these unregulated currencies and i'd say that we probably don't ryan i got a game changer by the way you're going to be on between two o'clock and three o'clock uh uh, every saturday right after larry kudlow and i got a game changer people should listen to my show on sunday uh the cats round table i have uh paul ryan from no not paul Paul stein paul Paul stein Stein from rolls royce who is introducing SMR to this country. You know what that is? Yeah, explain what it is, because I, I know. Small yeah. modular reactors, which is nuclear uh, technology that could go into effect by ni- early 1930s to run small cities under nuclear technology, similar similar to what runs our submarines. And they've been, uh, the, the British submarines have been safe for 40 years. Well, and this is a guy from Rolls-Royce. John. Rolls-Royce. I mean, this is a guy with obviously top of the line, so he yeah. knows what he's doing. Oh, that's that's on Sunday, you said, right? That's Sunday, on Sunday. I can't wait to and listen to that. on Saturday, uh, maybe uh, uh, you're, you're going to tell us about uh, interest rates and which way they're going to go? I'm going to tell you pretty much all the secrets of the economy, John. It's at 1 o'clock, now 2 o'clock, just so the American people. Oh, 1 o'clock. Okay. At the right time. So if you want your weekend right, you know, listen to us at 1 o'clock, and then on Sunday listen to your show, and basically you're going to have the best 4th of July ever. That's the only thing I can guarantee. God bless you. Thank you Thank so you, much. And I'll be listening tomorrow right after Larry Kudlow. Beautiful. Happy 4th. Thank you very much. Happy, happy, happy 4th. You too. And by the way, uh, it is a blockbuster weekend on WABC because uh, Andrew Giuliani, uh, 2 o'clock, also on Sunday, has Donald Trump. So that is going to be blockbuster, uh, 2 p.m. on Sunday on WABC, Donald Trump and with Roger Andrew Stone Giuliani. And has a two-hour special. Oh, my God. It's going to be a great weekend. Yeah. Don't go. Don't stay outside. Still, or stay outside. You can listen to it from outside on the app, now, wherever you are. Show. I mean, one of our great friends. Exactly. uh, He's got some uh, uh, reactions to what's going on. Tell us, Doug, what's going on? Well, I mean, politically, the American people are very angry. They're angry with Biden. They're not exactly enamored of the Republican Party. And there's a sense that we are uh, polarized uh, and not the country we once were, sadly. You know, Doug, I-, I was astounded as you're just talking about, obviously, polls, one of the great pollsters out there. I couldn't believe this. I, I mean, I can believe it. Kamala Harris uh, got the lowest rating ever in American history uh, for NBC since they've been doing polls. Uh, she got a 32 percent approval rating. Uh, are you surprised? I mean, this is not good news. You see Biden uh, fumbling and bumbling. Boy, this week was a week of gaffes. Uh, and then here's the vice president with the lowest uh, numbers in American history. It's not a good sign there, Doug. No, I mean, the Democrats are fading. And if the Republicans 
were more unified and had a better choice of candidates than they appear to have now, um, Biden would be well behind. But um, given Trump's problems and DeSantis's failure to catch, catch on, the issue uh, is who do people like less? The Democrats or Republicans, Biden or Trump? And the answer is they like neither. Uh, Doug, uh, this is Rudy Washington. Um, hey, Rudy. W- I, what I'm finding interesting is that I think the media learned a lesson from the last cycle uh, when they made Donald Trump by giving him a billion dollars worth of free advertisement. And I'm looking at there's virtually no coverage of RFK at all. I mean, if anybody wants to know his position on anything, uh, I, I think we had him on. Uh, I believe Fox may have had him on once, but I no place else. They're just ignoring him and not giving him any airtime. Um, is the, that's I guess that's by design. By the way, there, he also keeps trying to bait Biden into debates. Yes. Did you see this the other day? The other day, uh, uh, he had his shirt off and he was doing yeah, push-ups. push-ups. Yeah, right. he was. He put it. It was. It went viral all over social right. media. He, you know, he's I mean, trying he's, to get attention. He's trying his best, and they won't cover him. And I don't think they will. But I do think this, Rudy and, and Rita, I do think he can get as much as thirty. Ah, uh, see, I've been saying that. I've been saying that here in the studio wow, that that's they're big. playing him short. They're playing him very short. But but wait a second, Doug. It's Richard Weinberg. So we get, let's say, Bobby Kennedy Jr. gets thirty percent to thirty-five percent. What's the impact in terms of the nomination of Biden for another term? How does that work? Well, the one thing we remember from uh, the last time an incumbent president was ch- uh, challenged, which would have been nineteen. 19- 80, if I remember. Carter, wasn't it? Take Kennedy challenge Carter. Right. Carter won, and Reagan won in a blowout. So uh, if Robert F. Kennedy Jr. gets 30 35%, as Rudy and I think possible, it could be a very, very bad sign for Joe Biden in the general election. Now, Joe Biden has made so many mistakes, and I don't want to say anything bad about a president of the United States, but he's made mistakes. Uh, who would you rather have, uh, the Democrats in general, uh, who would make less mistakes, uh, uh, a, a Kennedy or Biden? You know, I'm for none of the above. Um, I mean, John, I, I think like, you do. We both were Bill Clinton Democrats. We were both moderates uh, in the tradition of John F. Kennedy. And there's no one that I see in the Democratic Party that I can associate myself. Very, very quickly, Doug, what do you think about this young man, Vivek? I, I don't want to butcher Vivek, him. Vivek, Vivek, Vivek. Yeah, what do Yeah, what do you think about him? I think in the VP running stakes, he's probably... Uh, Okay. We had we had dinner with him the other night. I was disappointed. Oh yeah, he's making a good impression for the Republican Party. I think he'll get five, ten percent, maybe a little more, but no more. And that's simply because he's coming out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, but he's, he's beaten Pence. Well, wait, wait, is he the Andrew Yang of this electoral season? I think he's the Andrew 
Yeah, Just because he's Asian, you're going to say that? No, I'm saying this because he's a <laughs> You're prejudiced. No, oh, I, I can't no, believe what the judge just let's said. Let's be clear. Some of my best friends are Asian. Now, look, I want to be very Name clear. Name one. <laughs> we haven't <laughs> made your given. <laughs> Paul, Paul Chen. Paul Chen is one. All right. He was at the two. wedding Name for my two. daughter. You sat near him, Wait, John. Wait Name right. is two, not just one. Where's right, the second one? His wife. Okay. All right. Look. Andrew Yang was a hot new thing. Everybody thought he was his greatest thing since sliced bread. And nothing happened. Then he ran for mayor. Everybody said, oh, he used a presidential run to run for mayor. And he was a dismal disappointment for mayor. I think Vivek, who's also a smart guy like Yang, is going to follow the same fate. What say you? He is a very smart guy. But uh, go ahead. uh, My my sense is he's running for a cabinet. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Yes. I think so, too. I think a lot of them are in the he's because a very smart guy. And there's a big difference. Even though you talked about, Rudy, that he's number three, there's such a space between one, two, and then three is like, you know, it's a distant third. So we'll see where it goes. Doug Schoen, thank you. We love thank you and we so appreciate much. you. Have a great Fourth of July. You, too. And coming up, uh, Rudy Giuliani is here with some big and news. And mad as hell. Yeah, big news happening on the Hunter Biden front. That's after the break. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back. Wow, what a busy news week it's been. And uh, let's go to Rudy Giuliani. Rudy, I understand you are mad as hell. Explain. Well, I mean, when you look at the last two or three weeks, the mountain of evidence that has been accumulated against Joe Biden and Hunter Biden is unprecedented. I've never seen as much evidence of massive multi-million dollar bribes uh, in all different forms, including a whistleblower, uh, uh, text messages, videos, uh, uh, tape recordings that makes it clear that over a 30 year period, which Hunter summarizes for us in a text on December 18th, 2018, that for 30 years, he's been paying all the expenses of the family and giving his father half of his income. Now, with all that evidence, that summarizes exactly what the flow of the money was. And when you look at every piece of evidence that's come out so far, it's completely consistent with that. So uh, by my count, so far, uh, Coomer has revealed about $28, $30 million in bribes. It's probably going to reach $50 million over the next two to three weeks, given what I know from the hard drive that I have. Now, there were other sources, so it probably is going to go beyond that. It's uh, unexplainable why we maintain uh, a president like that and don't take action against him. It says to the world that we're, we're willing to tolerate a corrupt president. The whole world is watching this, and they're seeing this evidence, and they're listening, they're listening to uh, texts in which Hunter Biden is shaking down red Chinese communists. The way a mafia guy shakes people down. You know, if you don't do it, my father and I are going to come after you. Uh, what the heck's that all about? I mean, that, that's using, not only using his uh, father's influence to get money, but using his father's influence to extort and threaten people. Yeah, that, that is, Rudy, it's Richard Warren. Isn't that right? Isn't that extortion? Of course it is. Right. So, so, how, so how come church? nobody's looking? I mean, see, my problem with the way this whole thing is unfolded and what they did to Weiss or Weiss did to himself in Delaware is they keep talking about the, the nonsensical stuff and they're not going after the big stuff. 
And when Comer, Chairman Comer was here in the studio and we had this discussion, Comer said something that which I agreed with, that you, at this point you don't want to have a special counsel to investigate the so-called influence peddling because that will cut off the, uh, the congressional inquiry. And, of course, Garland just put in the guy he wants or woman he wants who will just look the other way and just sit on it. But do we have enough time to get all this out? And is the media really going to respond to this or are they going to put it in the basement again? Well, they're going to put it in the basement. Uh, but the main thing is to get it out because if you get it out, it gets to the people anyway in a more cir- circuitous route, but it gets there. For example, like our discussing it here on WABC, because WABC respects the First Amendment. And uh, it'll get out. It's just going to take longer. Uh, it's going to be more tortured. And uh, the worst thing is we're getting beyond now. You know, first it was Hunter Biden. Then it was Joe Biden. Now it's the United States of America. We look like a crooked country. A country that covers up a crooked president is a crooked country. By the way, Rudy, and did you is. see yesterday, I mean, he does the interview. He's in New York, Biden, does the interview with Nicole Wallace on MSNBC. Um, I'm embarrassed about the journalism profession. She did not ask him one single question about Hunter Biden, about the whistleblowers. He even she he even made some comment about how Garland, he's never discussed any cases in general, clearly opened the door. She doesn't even follow up with it. It was shameful, Rudy. Is, is that the only reporter they trusted him with? I guess so. And, and John, it was like a coddly waddly. Oh, it's so good to see you, Mr. President. Have you been? How's your shirt? How do you like ice cream? It was disgusting. Oh, my God. You see, the way that plays out now uh, all over the world is this is a country that covers up serious crime uh, uh, by the highest level official in the country. Uh, it's not missed in Europe and Asia. Uh, they see it. And they and they look at the United States as um, a country that is an inherently flawed uh, nation. That's terrible for us. I mean, this is now affecting our country, and I don't understand why patriotic Democrats don't stand up and say we have to do something about it. Not to mention the fact that he's becoming increasingly demented. I mean, every day he says things that are absurd, like, you know, Russia's at war with Iraq, and uh, we were at war in 1960, uh, and it was over privacy. I think he means 1860, and it was over slavery. Oh, my goodness. Oh my, by the way, did you see, Rudy? Um, did you see also after the interview was over, after the love fest, right? She, he walks off like she's like still hasn't even really finished interviewing him and he gets off. It was like everybody who's done an interview, you know, to sit there and he kind of wanders in the background. He's, he's in like, the background. He's acting crazy. I'm going to Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, you're like, uh, ignore my uncle. You know, it is, it is impossible not to laugh. But then after you laugh you say to yourself why am i laughing yeah you're right everybody all over the world is laughing and saying what kind of country is that and mayor this is rudy and it's dangerous because you saw macron go to china and basically walked away from us um you you now see iran uh you know with going back into this iranian deal and, and they're basically almost a nuclear power uh which jeopardizes israel and not only israel europe and us I mean, I'm convinced these people will use a nuclear device. Uh, you know, I, I've been trying to, and I've been talking to the judge about it, trying to understand the motivation behind 
And you know, and we have this. China at our doorstep there with that with the basically spy don't station in started, Cuba. Rita, I no. had to get you started. It's your birthday. I gotta get you started. <laughs> well, Happy birthday. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Rudy. Um but you know, I was telling John and Rita that you know, I'm so disappointed that uh mainstream media is not covering China moving into Cuba. And this week we found out there's reconnecting with Russia on a military level and China's putting in quote unquote training uh, exercise military people. Uh, and basically I see this as strategically saying to us, you interfere in Taiwan, watch out Florida, watch out Georgia and all these other States that they will make mischief in by firing missiles at us. That's exactly, that's exactly right. Rudy. You're right on, right on target. And, you look at Israel, Israel is having to make nice with Russia for protection. That, that too, that too. I mean, look uh, what I we mean, do with Saudi Arabia, with our oil. I mean, you know, you and Saudi, Saudi Arabia, Arabia, and they have a, Saudi, a China connection through Saudi Arabia. Right. And meanwhile, our president words, isn't doing anything with China, and it all goes back to some of the money deal that we know, at least is going to the Biden family members. I mean, that like, look at the dots. Why is he not holding China into account on anything? Yeah. Now, China has a purpose to this. I don't know what our purpose is. Their purpose is to isolate us. So when they do hit uh, 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 Taiwan, we're going to be the only ones. And nobody's going to be with us. I mean, we're losing our allies one after the other uh, because they can't rely on us any longer. So, I mean, something has to be done about this quickly. And uh, the election is so darn far away. I mean, that's the only thing that's really going to change this. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you, Rudy. Uh, have a great 4th of July. And, uh, great 4th of July to all you of you. Too, and I'll Rudy. be listening Thank to you, you on you. Uh, on Sunday at 10 o'clock right after my show, the Cats Roundtable between uh, uh, 8 to 10. And uh, God bless America. God what do we stand America. for? Thank you. And what do we all stand for? True, True justice, justice in the American, American way. way. And God happy birthday. And happy birthday. Happy birthday, Washington. Happy birthday, America.